The Keeping the Nostalgia Alive show is proudly brought to you by the Hoosier Basketball Academy. Want to improve your game and be an elite athlete? Hoosier Basketball Academy, located in the heart of Hoosier Hysteria, provides an excellent opportunity for student-athletes to improve their basketball skills. Their goal at Hoosier Basketball Academy is to provide an opportunity for young athletes to reach their full potential and allow them to compete at the highest level. Using their training model, they believe a solid foundation of fundamentals and muscle memory training is critical for the development of elite basketball players. This can only be achieved if you are mentally tough, have a strong work ethic, and are willing to sacrifice countless hours needed to be the best you can be. The Hoosier Basketball Academy offers high-intensity basketball training focusing on small groups and individual attention needed to improve your game, as well as specialized training and drills done at game speed to push you to your limits and improve overall physical conditioning. One of HBA's goals is to improve the skills and abilities of each player trained by focusing on ball handling, proper shooting mechanics, speed, agility, and footwork allowing you to take your game to the next level. This training is for players that are serious about improving their skills. Hard work pays off and gives you the competitive edge in practice that carries over to games against your biggest rivals. In addition to offering training, HBA fields highly competitive travel teams with many teams qualifying for nationals each year. Visit HBAElite.com for more info. Be elite and train to be the best. Welcome to Keeping the Nostalgia Alive, the Indiana Basketball Memory Show. I am your host, Billy Powell. Today, I am joined by a state champion, Indiana Basketball High School State Championship basketball coach, a member of the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame, and just a, a legend in Indiana, Coach Dan Bush. Coach Bush, thanks for taking time out of your schedule to uh, uh, take a little time and help us keep the nostalgia alive. No problem, Billy. I'm looking uh, forward to it. Fantastic. Coach, uh, when did you get introduced to athletics, and was basketball your first game when you were a youngster? Well, I started playing baseball and basketball, you know, young. I mean, they say three, four, five years old. My dad was a basketball player in high school, and and he kind of introduced me to it. And uh, I started playing video basketball there at Olytic, the little town of Olytic, when I was like first grade, and I been playing ever since or up until i couldn't do it anymore but anyway but uh that's how i was introduced to it uh now where'd your dad play high school basketball he played at olytic high school which is now part of bedford north lawrence high school um, at that time when you were a, a youngster was, was there any point was there any player or particular team that you really like besides olytic that you uh, uh like to emulate your game after or that you really followed or really enjoyed watching or listening to well, yeah, of course, I was an IU fan at the time and uh, really enjoyed watching them play. But the player I really enjoyed watching through my junior high years and early high school years and even later was uh, John Havlicek from Ohio State and then later with the Celtics, of course. And uh, I always enjoyed watching him play. So at what point did you think, hey, basketball is going to be the game that I dedicate most of my time to and – um, and and where did you do most of your practice? And did you have an outdoor court, or did you just play at the? Yeah, uh, well, okay. I, I uh, when I turned fifteen, I loved baseball as much as I did basketball, 
and actually kind of preferred baseball. But around here in the area where I grew up, here in Olytic, the when you turn 15, there was no place to play baseball other than on the high school team itself, and they only played during the school year. So when the summer came, right after my freshman year in high school, there was no baseball games to play, so I just played basketball all the time, and that's kind of how it all developed between my freshman and sophomore year. And then from that point on, I was just kind of hooked, and I played on an outdoor court at the old Olytic High School, and it's it's still standing there somehow. But uh, I spent many hours out there playing with others and by myself, and, and, and just I loved every minute of it. Give us a little bit of a rundown, all the listeners, a little bit of rundown on about the size of uh, uh, the area that you grew up in. Well, it's a rural area. Olytic's a small town. We had, I think, 300 students in high school when I graduated in 1968. We had 68 students in our senior class in 1968. And uh, the biggest school in the area, of course, at that time was Bedford, but it probably only had an enrollment of six, seven, eight hundred people and we thought that was a big school back then so mostly small school in a rural area uh, of course we didn't have AAU basketball or anything like that you played on the outdoor courts here in town or over in Bedford you went over and played at the uh, old Thornton Park where everybody kind of congregated and and we had a good time what kind of history did before you got to Oletic High School what kind of history did they have in uh, basketball well Oletic had won one section. They won in 1954. Uh, of course, I was too young to remember that, being born in 1950. But uh, they had quite a player there, and Bob Lovell, who uh, probably could have went someplace and played at a major school. He was six eight, which you know was probably equivalent to seven foot today, and uh, had a touch. He could really shoot the ball. And was quite a player, but just didn't want to go to school. And uh, he led them to a sectional in '54, and that was the only sectional they had won. And then. In my junior and senior year, 1967 and 68, we won the sectional both years. And uh, those are the only three sectionals that Olytic ever won prior to consolidation into Bedford North Lawrence. So what was it like once you got to Olytic? Did you, you know, were, were you anticipating um, uh, how good you were going to be at basketball? I mean, did you start immediately as a freshman? No. We, uh, we had a good group of kids with me coming through. And we thought we were going to be good. We'd won in junior high at seventh grade level, the eighth grade level. We'd, and then as freshmen, our coach kept us all together. And he played as freshman and JV. Bob Masterson was my high school coach. He was a very good coach. And uh, he coached at Warren Central and in several places. But he was at Olympic through my four years in high school. And he kept uh, the core of that freshman group together. And whenever he'd play us on the B team, he wouldn't put one of us in. He'd put us all in whenever he subbed. And uh, so we played our freshman schedule, went undefeated, and then we played JV ball also as, as freshmen. Not a one of us played on the varsity that year, but then the next year I think three sophomores were starting on the varsity. When you were coming through as in junior high with the, the, the guys that you grew up with and ended up playing varsity at Oletic, did you think you guys had something special as you were bonding and growing up together? Well, we thought we'd be good, you know, but – I don't ever recall ever talking to it with anybody, you know, or anything about it, but uh, we thought we had a good group, and we thought we'd be good, and uh, fortunately, Bob moved in there as coach our freshman year, and and he kind of brought the, he was the first one in this area that kind of did the press, the full court press, and we kind of had a group that was just kind of built for that, and uh, everything just kind of fell into place our sophomore year on. I think we went 16-5 and five 
playing three sophomores, and the sixth man was a sophomore. Then the next year we went 20 and three and won the sectional, and then the, my senior year we went 23 and one, went undefeated during the regular season, won the sectional, lost to Holland and Don Boozy in the regional. They were undefeated and we were undefeated at the time. What was the atmosphere like when you would play at, in your home gym? Well, it was a small gym, seated, you know, maybe 2,000 people, but it was full about every game we played. And, in fact, my senior year, when we had the undefeated team, they moved several of the games over to the Bedford High School gym, which was quite a bit larger, and uh, we would pretty much sell that out as well. People, you know, people like to watch a winning team. You know how that goes. Yes. Do you remember the first time you started and uh, uh, what your feelings were when uh, you did? Well, I was a sophomore. And uh, I hadn't even turned 15 yet. We started playing you know, back in those days, the small schools and non-football playing schools. We could start in November, first of November. And uh, my birthday is November the 9th. And I remember we played a couple of days before my birthday. I was still 14 when I played my first varsity game. And I don't remember much about it. I remember we won. And uh, But other than that, I really can't tell you a whole lot about it. What, what teams were in the Olytic uh, sectional? Well, it was the Bedford sectional. Right, Bedford sectional, I'm sorry. Yeah. There were eight teams when I was in high school, and uh, seven of them consolidated into Bedford-North Lawrence in 1974. It was Bedford and Olytic and Needmore and Fayetteville, Tunnelton, Heltonville, and Shawswick. And then the eighth team was Mitchell. Of course, Mitchell still has a school. So those were the eight schools that were in our sectional. At what point did you get on, I mean, I know I'm going a little bit ahead of myself, but what, at what point while you were at Oletic did you get on the uh, radar with uh, uh, colleges, and, and do you remember the first college that asked, offered you a scholarship? Well, you know, it's a whole lot different now than it was way back then. You'd get a letter now and then from somebody. I can remember during my junior year getting a letter from uh, Davidson College down in North Carolina. And that was the first letter I'd ever received. I was naive and didn't have any clues as to uh, how the game was played or anything of that nature. And, of course, it played a whole lot differently now. If you've got any, you know, they, they recruit you in seventh and eighth grade anymore. And uh, But, no, I, I can remember getting that letter and thinking, well, you know, maybe I can get a scholarship someplace and, and, and go to college and save my mom some money and uh, – so from that point on, I, it was kind of my goal to get a college scholarship. What were who were some of the other teammates that were uh, on your squad when you sectional and how well you guys did? Okay, at Olytic, you're talking about yes. Okay, well, it was myself and uh, our two guards. Actually, we played three guards, including myself, Mike Fields and Kevin Staley, and then we played two guys inside, Larry Lamb, who went to Indiana State with me later on and played over there and Dave Abels, who was a, quite a player in his own right. And uh, for a little school like that, it was, a, it was a pretty good bunch. We averaged, I think, of 90-some points a game my senior year, and we went over 100, I'd say, six, seven times during the course of the year. Now, your senior season, you guys went undefeated until you lost, of course, in the tournament, correct? Right. We lost to Holland in the regional, first round of the regional, by two points. They were also undefeated. We were both 23-0, and 0, both small schools, and uh, we had a 10-point lead at halftime, and they came back and beat us by two. 
And and what did you know? Tell us a little bit about that. I mean, the, uh, where did you play the regional at, and what was the atmosphere like? Well, it's at the Hangburg Gym, still standing. They still use it. A big place, you know. It seats what sixty five hundred, seven thousand. Place was packed, as I recall. And like I said, I remember leading almost the entire game and then losing it right at the end. It was a heartbreaker for us because we really felt like we were good enough to get to the state finals. But uh, like anything else, you have to be good, but you have to be a little bit lucky too. So, and then it just didn't shine on us that day. What was it? Was was the Holland Oletic like rivalry? Would would you kind of put it like a Indiana and Purdue rivalry? That's the first. That's the only time Oletic and Holland ever played, to my knowledge. Really? Okay. Yeah, Holland. It was down south of Jasper. Oletic was up by Bloomington, so we didn't play in the regular season back in those days. You didn't have to travel far to play. You had so many schools. And uh, to my knowledge, that's the only time Olytic and Holland ever played. And now we all know that you went to Indiana State University and played and had an outstanding career. But was there another jersey that you could have possibly worn other than Indiana State University? And why did you choose Indiana State University, and who recruited you from there? Okay, well, Gordon Stauffer was the head coach at Indiana State at the time, and uh, his assistant coaches were Fred Fleetwood and Mel Garland. And I got to know them, you know, during my senior year, and uh, soon after my senior year was over, I talked to them, and I really liked the coaching staff and and was very happy with them. I decided to go there and uh, informed them of that sometime in you know, it was April or May of my senior year after the season was over. And the next day I got a call from the uh, University of Alabama and uh, it's a name that most basketball people will recognize. Went, uh, well, the gentleman that was the AD of Kentucky for years and years and uh, was involved in USA basketball, his name escapes me right now, well-known, really good man, went to Alabama and, and uh, he had just gotten a job at Alabama. And uh, he coached at Vanderbilt for years. I, my, his name escapes me right now, but uh, don't worry, don't worry. I'll look, I'll look it up and find it for you. Don't worry. Go ahead. Yeah, but uh, really a fine guy. And he came in and gave a presentation. He was very impressive. But I'd already given my word the day before that I would go to uh, Indiana State. And uh, otherwise, I would have strongly considered the University of Alabama. Now, during your senior, was it during? I, I in doing some research on uh, interviewing you, I saw where uh, a couple presidential candidates came through the area. And uh, can you tell? Can you can you expound and tell us that story? Well, that was 1968, the uh, Indiana primaries, and Bobby Kennedy was a candidate. And uh, of course, that was over turbulent times, as, as you, you probably don't remember them, but uh, the turbulent 60s. But uh, my coach was a uh, a democrat of course my family were all republicans <laughs> but uh of course i didn't care one way or the other back at that time i, I wasn't too involved in politics and and uh he, he came through old lady bobby kennedy did and uh, the coach asked if i'd like to meet him so they stopped at old Lake high school one day and uh he had several members of our team out to meet him on the uh, grounds right there in front of the school and uh, we presented him with a basketball with all our names on it and undefeated team and so forth. And the press asked him to shoot the ball. There was a basket right there, the basket, the very same court that I spent hundreds of hours playing. And they asked him to shoot it, and he wouldn't do it. But he threw it to me and said, you shoot it for me. 
so I turned around and shot it. And fortunately, it went in. So, so that's our Bobby Kennedy story. Unfortunately, it was a month or so later that he got assassinated. So. Yeah. Uh, do you do we have any pictures of that? Or I mean, that's that's a that's a that's an awesome memory to have. Well, I'm sure there's pictures somewhere. You know what I'm saying? But right. I haven't seen one in years, so I don't know. I'm sure there's ones around someplace, but I wouldn't even know where to begin to look to find it. Coach, your your senior year in high school, was there so much talent in the state at that time, and especially even in southern Indiana? Did you feel a, a little bit snubbed that you didn't make the Indiana All-Star team? Well, we had received word that I had originally made it, and then the coach got a call back saying that uh, they had made some changes, and yeah, I was a little disappointed, but uh, maybe it was good for me and that it kind of fueled my fire and, at the next level and, and it gave, kind of gave me the push that I needed to, to go and, and succeed in college. What was the transition like from high school basketball and you get to Indiana State, Indiana State University in Terre Haute? Were you a little nervous or did you just fit right in? I know uh, freshmen didn't, you couldn't play varsity as a freshman back then, but uh, were you a little nervous or were you, in retrospect, were you glad that you started and played freshman basketball first? Well, I think it probably helped me. I was, uh, I was from a little school and uh, I hadn't been far from home at any point in time in my life for any length of time. And it was 90 miles to Terre Haute, and that was almost to the end of the earth for me. You know, I, I was homesick. And uh, but uh, after basketball started, that all that went away, and uh, I got to know the players and the other freshmen. And I think playing freshman ball probably helped me, to be honest with you. We had a good freshman team, and uh, I have some guys that are still friends today. And we we uh, yeah, I, I think playing freshman ball probably did help me. Would you think that it, it would never happen, but would do you think that that would be a good thing for college basketball today is that incoming freshmen you would have to play you would have to play on a freshman team? Well, I don't think so personally uh, because these kids today, these high school kids play in all these AAU tournaments, these college bound kids, and they've played all over the country. So it's a little different. you know I was playing out there on the blacktop driveway at the house or at during the schoolyard. That's about as far as I can play in the summertime. These kids are traveling to Las Vegas and Nashville and Memphis and Orlando and all around the place. So I, I don't think the, uh, you know, it, it affects them nearly as much as it would have us back in, in those times. Who were some of your uh, incoming uh, freshman classmates that uh, joined you on the freshman team at Indiana State? Well, of course, Larry Lamb, who played with me at Old Lady, came. He went to Indiana State at the same time. Uh, Rob Simmons, who played at Fountain Central. Uh, I'm trying to, it's hard to think back in these times. Uh, <laughs> Howard Williams played at Terre Haute Garfield. Uh, and then there was a couple kids ahead of us in class that I, uh, Steve Fleshner from Honey Creek High School in Terre Haute. Uh, George Pillow from Short Ridge High School. He was a great ahead of me. And uh, Bob Barker from Greensburg was quite a player also, as I recall. So uh, they were from, you know, mostly Indiana kids, about every one of them, really, at that time. Yeah, I know, I, I know I'm know. i asking you some questions where you got to dip, uh, dig deep into your memory, uh, but, you know, that's why I call it the Keeping the Nostalgia Alive show, so, you know, so I yeah. apologize. So, um, yeah, what... my memory's not in that. You have to dig deep anymore. It's not quite as good as it used to be. <laughs> what, uh, what, what, was there a big surprise? To, uh, was the game faster once you uh, started playing at Indiana State on the, uh, your freshman year? in high school well you know the first thing i recall when i went up there to look at that court it, it's about eight or ten feet longer than a high school court <laughs> uh 
and boy, it looked so long the first few times I ran up in that special when we were running sprints for time, you know, and uh, and the game was more physical, not nearly to the length that it is today. Today, it's almost like a wrestling match out there, but uh, it was a lot more physical than what it was in high school, yes. What teams, I, I think it was the old ICC, what teams were included that you played with, and, and what was travel like when you would go to other schools? Well, when I went there, of course, we couldn't play as freshmen, and my sophomore year was the 1969-70 season. Indiana State had dropped out of the ICC. So we were in the process of going, to, I guess you would call it Division One, but back then they just called it Big College, Small College. And uh, so we didn't play many of those ICC schools. There were still a few of them that we played. We still played Butler and Evansville twice a year. Those were big rivalries. And uh, but uh, the other schools like you know, I think DePaul was in that and uh, Valparaiso. I think we did play Valpo one year, but uh, we were in the process of moving up to the next level, and really didn't play in the ICC. So once you got to that next, so your sophomore year, what teams did you play? Well, we played. Uh, well, we create they created a conference and it was Illinois State. I remember all of them, Southern Illinois, Northern Illinois, Ball State, ourselves. Those were just a few of the teams that we were playing. Everybody, All those schools were going, you know, they were moving up at that particular time. And uh, those were some of the schools. Of course, we played Evansville and Butler twice a year, every year. Those were always big games, always drew well, and uh, you always enjoyed playing them. And, uh, of course, we played some big we – we played Purdue a couple of times when I was at Indiana State. Uh, went to Clemson and played. And that's the most beautiful campus I believe I'd ever seen down at Clemson, South Carolina. And uh, we put, went to Las Vegas and played in the holiday tournament. And played UNLV and uh, Tulsa, as I remember, and won the tournament, in fact. And uh, so we got to travel quite a bit and uh, got to play against a lot of good ball players. What was travel like? We know what it's like today, but what was travel like back then? Well, we flew quite a bit, but we'd fly little charter planes most of the times. And and uh, 1970, as you recall, is when the Marshall football team and the Wichita State football teams went down. Right. And uh, that was always in the back of our mind because we were in the same kind of plane they were. But uh, we never had any bad experiences that I can recall. I, I never did enjoy flying, but I was never afraid of it either. But uh, I'd prefer to drive any place rather than fly, <laughs> to be honest with you. <laughs> it's just like the guy told me one time, and they were talking about flying, and and uh, they asked this guy if he liked to fly, and he said no. And he said, well, and somebody said to him, well, you know, when it's your time to go, it's your time to go. And this guy shot back to him and said, that's not what worries me. He said, what if it's the pilot's time to go? He said, he's going to take a lot of us with him. <laughs> and that's kind of the way I feel about that. <laughs> Coach, you, you mentioned Evansville, uh, which has a deep history, and a, a fan, Robert Stadium, has, or, or, uh, where they played, had a, a deep history, and, of course, Hinkle Fieldhouse. What was it like to play at both of those places, and which place did you like to uh, play better? Well, I like both of them. They were really great places to play basketball. Uh, I can remember the old Robert's stadium down there in evansville the distance from the basket to the first row of bleachers behind there were 30 or 40 feet of space there big place and i can remember taking a charge from steve Wilmer, who was later a big 10 official as you recall steve 
was quite a player in his own right at Columbus High School and then at Evansville. And, of course, Steve was about 6'8", 300 pounds at that time. He really slimmed down later. And he could really move with quite a player. And I took a charge at the free throw line, and I slid all the way back to the first row. He hit me so hard. And uh, I thought, you know, I don't know how, how wise a choice that was I made there. So, <laughs> But uh, I can remember the space there. And uh, and I remember going back there and coaching in the semi-state and stuff later on. And, and just the atmosphere was fantastic there. I always enjoyed playing there. Same at Hankel Fieldhouse. We played a couple of games there when uh, I was coaching at BNL, a couple of high school games. And uh, I played there, of course, every year during college and, and always loved to go in there and play as well. The atmosphere was something that, uh, you know, you just couldn't duplicate anywhere else. You know, the uh, I, I feel like the – did you feel like the Hinkle, the, the floor at Hinkle gave you a couple inches on oh, a jump? Oh, yeah. A lot of – Robert Stadium was a little bit that way too. Yeah, I could always jump higher there than I could anywhere else. There's a lot of give in that floor. That, players always like that. You know, they feel like they're up there in the air. But back in those days, we didn't sky like most of them do today. So, any interaction with uh, Tony Hinkle when you would play at um, uh, Butler University? My sophomore year was Mr. Hinkle's last year as coach at Butler. Okay. So we played against him uh, my sophomore year, home and away. And uh, th- that was his last year. I remember uh, at, when he, we played at Terre Haute Day, he had a big ceremony for him prior to the game. And uh, But, no, I, I never had the opportunity to sit down and visit and talk with him. Wished I had. Now, when you played college basketball, what do, where did you feel like the, 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 the roughest crowd was? Like, you know, the fans were, were very energetic and very, very passionate about their team, almost to a point of, uh, you know, you, you wanted to get in, win, and get out. Well, there were several places I felt that way. <laughs> yeah, Evansville was a lot that way. You know, they took their basketball series down there. And of course, their history was so good. They'd won all those uh, small college championships. And uh, they always had big crowds. And uh, it was always a tough game. It was always a physical game. I can always remember being sore after playing Evansville. And uh, they 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 had a, a very vocal crowd. They'd let you know. And then there were some other places as well. Uh we played at Purdue a couple times, and uh, we were fortunate enough my junior year to beat them up at Purdue. And, and you know, their fans were, were pretty vocal and loud. Of course, they sold the place out. It was Mackey Arena had just opened a couple of years prior to that. And uh, so there were several places, but I would say probably Evansville, University of Evansville at that time. At what time while you were playing college basketball at Indiana State University did you think, you know, uh, I'd like to coach the game? Well, I always kind of felt that way. When I was in high school, I was really had a lot of respect for my high school coach and thought an awful lot of him and still do to this day, Bob Masterson. And uh, then I got in college, and uh, the assistant coaches, Fred Fleetwood and Mel Garland, and, and the head coach, of course, Gordon Stauffer, I, I thought an awful lot of them. I liked what they were doing, and I thought, you know, that might be a way to make a living. And uh, that's kind of – he kind of – I started in high school, and then it just kind of reinforced itself when I got in college. So, you know, Mel Garland had a great uh, career at Purdue, and he was out of Indianapolis Tech. W- what kind of person right. was what kind of person was he? Oh, he was a great guy. Really soft spoken, uh, very helpful, very encouraging. Uh, of course, Coach Garland passed away several years ago from cancer, but he was really a great guy. So, any postseason success whatsoever while you were at Indiana State University? Well, you got to remember, back in those days, 
I think the NCAA tournament was only like 20 teams. Right. So not many teams got in. A lot of those were automatic bids from some of those major conferences. And then the NIT had like 16 teams in it, as I recall. And my junior year, we thought we were going to get an invite to the NIT, but uh, we lost our last game or two and kind of fell, lost that opportunity. No, we, we never made it to any postseason. You know, of course, today they have a lot more teams in those postseasons, and there's about four or five tournaments anymore at the end of the year. So, But back then, only what, 35 teams at the tops probably played postseason. Coach, was there any game while you were at Indiana State where the, the bucket was like the ocean and you were hitting everything that you were putting up? Well, <laughs> probably the best game I had up there was uh, my senior year against Southern Illinois. And I don't remember how many, 30-some points. I don't know exactly. But everything just seemed, you know, when you they, saw, they talk about you getting in the zone, I guess that must have been what it was like because uh, – Unfortunately, I didn't get in there enough. So, but it just everything just you know it just flowed and it just felt like it was going to happen and and it did. You know, there were a few games like that, but not many. But the Southern Illinois game my senior year in Terre Haute was a, a game that I kind of remember it. And I I remember having a very good game and we had, we'd always struggled beating Southern Illinois and we got them that night. So. So what was what was uh, your high school? Do you remember? Uh, I'm going back a little bit, but what do you remember? A high school game where the uh, the bucket was an ocean. Well, I got 52 one night in high school. Very nice. 52 one night and 49 another night. So those two nights, uh, uh, yeah, the, I felt like I could just throw it up there and it was going to go in. So the funny thing about the night I scored 49 was against Floyd Central High School. Of course, Joe Hinton was the coach. Joe was a legend in his own right. <laughs> And uh, had a great team. Hit, but they were young. Three years later, he had several of those same kids. They went to the state finals in '71, I believe. But uh, we scored 40. I scored 49 that night. But our team scored 131 points, which is almost. And we made two turnovers. Of course, I guess if you're scoring that many points, you don't have time to turn it over very often. But uh, <laughs> but that was one of those nights that you just kind of wish the game could have just kept going and going and going. If I understand correctly, it was like 131 to 71? Right. That's yeah. what it was. They scored a lot of points, too. Seven, that's more than we usually gave up, but uh, both teams were putting it in the basket. Coach, do you still stay uh, connected with uh, your fellow teammates from Indiana State University? Well, unfortunately, I don't see them very often. There was a couple of alumni games I went to, but that's been several years back. A couple of them have passed away, unfortunately, and... Uh, I don't see him as much as I would like or talk to him as much as I would like. Uh, for a few, several years there, we kind of kept in contact with some of them. But uh, as you get older and you have family and your kids have kids and, and you start following them around, you kind of drift apart. But, uh, no, I don't see him very often. So once you graduated from Indiana State University, were you kind of nervous? And how did you take the path into coaching? Well, uh yeah, I, I really wasn't for sure because, you know, I, I saw what coaches have to go through, too. I mean, I saw the good part, and uh, but I realized there were some bad things, too. But uh, I just wanted to get a job and make some money. I was married at the time, and uh, uh, we just wanted to get some job. And, and I remember I wanted to get a TV that I could see and a new car. But <laughs> we had driven an old car around and had a little old TV that was, you know, 10 or 12-inch screen. I, 
and I told my wife, I said, first thing we're buying is a new car and a new television set. So, and uh, but I was really just looking to get a job and make some money. But uh, my first job was at Old Bedford High School as an assistant coach, taught PE and, and U.S. history, and it was 1972-73. And I remember I, I the salary was seven thousand dollars, and I thought I was rich. So where where did you go? Uh, so so how was that? What kind of teams did you have, and where did you uh, go on from Bedford? Well, we had, I was there for two years at Old Bedford High School, and I was coaching under my high school coach. He had came back and taken the Bedford High School job, Bob Masterson. And after two years, Bedford's consolidated in with the other schools to form Bedford North Lawrence. So I coached there two years, and then I went out to Bedford North Lawrence as the assistant coach for Bob Masterson, and I was the assistant out there for seven years, and then I got the head job there at Bedford North Lawrence in 81, and I was the head coach through 1993, and I retired from coaching in 93, stayed on as a teacher at Bedford North Lawrence and taught there through 2010, and I retired then, and I've been retired now for five years. So. So I stayed in the area, which is really our home area. You know, Old Lydic High School was, I lived in Old Lydic as a kid, and uh, I just live a few miles from there now. Coach, take us back the first times you heard these two words, Damon Bailey. Well, I had known Damon since he was, oh, a year or two old. I knew his dad well. His dad graduated high school from Heltonville High School, which is one of the schools that consolidated into B&L. He graduated the same year I did, 1968, and his dad was quite a player in high school over at Heltonville. So I played the junior high ball against him, and and, uh, and then later on, after I got out of college, we played independent ball against one another and and uh, even played on the same team a couple of times with his dad. And uh, Damon was very young then, two or three years old, but every time there was a break in the action, he was out there on the floor shooting. So I can remember watching him, you know, two, three, four years old out there shooting basketball. And then, of course, as he got older, he got better. And so we kind of knew about him all along. Was there was there just a, did you did you have the, did you foresee what was going to happen? Did you think that he was going to be a good ball player? Did you, was there at one point that you saw him, you're like, you know what, I, I, I think he's going to be a good ball player? Well, I thought he was going to be a good ball player, you know, early on. I didn't realize he would turn into the player that he turned out to be. I mean, I don't think anybody could foresee that, but boy, he just his he was always a step ahead of everybody, even in junior high. You know, he, he thought the game so well, and he was, you know, he was, people say he wasn't athletic. He was very athletic, and uh, he, he was just, uh, he was just a step ahead of everybody. And I think that was the strength of his game. He was a six-three version of Larry Bird. That's what I always said. He was—he wasn't six-nine, but he did a lot of the same things that Larry Bird did: passing the ball, understanding things, making his teammates better. And uh, yeah, we knew off right away. You know, when he got in junior high, and then he just kept getting better. Obviously, he was working at it. He was playing a lot of AAU ball, and and by the time of he was a freshman, he was ready to step in and play. Did you have any interaction, or uh, uh, did you uh, any, any interaction with Coach Knight in the recruiting process of Damon? Oh, I talked to him on a few occasions, but uh, no, not a whole lot. I uh, 
he'd come down and watch him practice now and then or, or something of that nature. But, no, I, I didn't have a whole lot of interaction with him. But on occasions, I did see him and speak with him and get the chance to visit with him. Always enjoyed it. Uh, very smart guy. Very good guy. Very, uh, he knew his basketball. You know, Damon coming in his freshman year, you know, and, and being touted and, and his name being known all across the country. Was there a little bit of a stress level, or how did you handle that uh, with Damon coming to uh, to play for you? Well, you know, I think it was really kind of unfair for him to have to come in under all that kind of pressure. But if it ever bothered him, I never noticed that it was like water off a duck's back, I always said, because nothing ever seemed to faze him. He was mature beyond his years and uh, never big-headed. Uh, you know, I think his parents really did a great job of uh, – you know, keeping him in his values straight. What? What? Tell us a little bit about the uh, you know the, the state championship, of course, and and all your tournament runs while he was there. Um, you know, what was there? A, I mean, did you feel? I mean, you got there. You got to the final four his freshman year, correct? Correct. Okay. Well, we went to the final four his freshman year. Played Marion. Marion was going for their third straight championship, eighty-seven. Uh, played him in the afternoon game of the Final Four. Of course, that's foreign to people today. They don't realize there used to be a Final Four in Indiana high school basketball. But uh, we played Saturday afternoon. Marion beat us in a very close game, ended up beating us six or seven points, I think. But we were right there with them the whole way. And, and uh, of course, then they won their, their third in a row that night against Richmond, I believe, who they played. But... Uh, I was very pleased with the way the kids played, and, and uh, we thought we had, we were right in it to the last minute, and uh, had a good bunch of kids that played with Damon, you know, some upperclassmen, and uh, they did a great job of integrating and, and accepting him, and, and uh, you know, it was just a fun time. It was a fun four years. His sophomore year, we went back to the state finals, played Muncie Central in the afternoon game, and. Munchie Central ended up beating us five or six points. We jumped out on them, and then they came back, and they ended up beating us in a close game. They won their championship that night. I think they beat Concord and Sean Kemp, as I recall, in 88. 89, we won our sectional, went to the regional, lost in overtime to Floyd Central, and that was with Pat Graham and the Gibson Twins. Had a heck of a team. They went to the Final Four that year. And then his senior year, of course, we were fortunate enough to go back, and uh, this time we finally won it. So uh, it was a, it was a it was a fun four years. It was a hectic four years. It was uh, it seemed like it went by awfully quick. Do you remember your thought process or your memories of you know when you guys find, you, you you got up there, you cut down uh, the, the nets at the Hoosier Dome in front of the biggest crowd to ever see an Indiana Indiana high school basketball game? Do you remember your thoughts, or you still remember that like it was yesterday? Well, there's a couple of things that I remember. When we came back out on the floor after the final pregame instructions, just before the anthem, I remember looking back up into the crowd and I remember seeing no empty seats. And I thought, well, this will never happen again. And then after the game was over and we we had won in a close game, of course, Concord and Tim Hahn was a coach, a nice fellow, good coach, and he had lost two years previous in the final game to Muncie Central. And I felt a little, you know, I felt, you know, bad for him. As I was walking over to shake his hand, I thought, boy, he's been here twice and hadn't won. But then, you know, for me, 
personally, it was almost like relief we'd finally done it. You know, because we 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 thought we might, would have a chance to do it, and and we had finally done it. So there were no more no more opponents to get ready for. You know, during the tournament run, there was always you won. As soon as the game was over, you started you know preparing for the next game. So you know, the players enjoyed it. They didn't have to worry about all that, and the fans loved it. But as a coach, you really didn't have time to enjoy it much. But then after we had won that final game, I thought, well, there's no more opponents to get ready for, and it was almost a sense of relief that it was, hey, we'd finally done it, and it was over. So, Coach, what was it What was it like when you found out that they were moving it, of course, from Market Square Arena to the Hoosier Dome? Did you have, uh, did you have any, um, you know, did you dislike that? Did you like that? And how different was the court at the Hoosier Dome compared to Market Square Arena? Well, we had played at Market Square Arena the previous two times we were up there, and we had played a regular season game or two up there, and, and our kids never did like it. They didn't like the background. We had never shot the ball very well up there. So we were excited that it was moved. We were just hoping we'd be a part of it. And uh, uh, so w- we were happy that they had moved it. And uh, because, like I said, our kids, they, they never did, uh, they didn't particularly like Market Square Arena. And, and what did you think about the Hoosier Dome and the floor that they that they uh, put out there for you guys? Well, it was, <laughs> you know, it was different. But uh, <laughs> the kids seemed to shoot the ball better there than they had done over at Marcus Square Arena. And uh, the atmosphere was fantastic. I don't think that will ever be duplicated again, that many people and, and, and all the hype. and and. Uh, but I can remember going in there and practicing. And, boy, you know, it was empty then. And that court out there in the middle of the of the football field, and I thought, my, oh my, this this is a big place. Coach, what was it like? You know, uh, Damon's gone; he's gone on to IU. Uh, it, it, what kind of? Uh, uh, how did you approach your 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 next years of co- next year of coaching uh, with all of the success that you guys had for those previous four years? Well, I tell you what happened. The next year, we came in there. And we had two starters back in our sixth man. Chad Mills was a starter and Jason Lombrick and had done a great job for us. And then the sixth man was my son, Alan Bush, who had played a lot. And he was our second-leading scorer as a sophomore. And he came back his junior year along with Chad and Jason. And uh, we went 19-1 and during the regular season. And, uh, you know, everybody was literally looking to get us because those four years that we had Damon, we pretty well cleaned up on everybody. But those kids, I think that year – was a very special year and that those kids got just about everything they could get out of themselves and and they accepted the challenge and they were willing to go out and get after it and uh and to go 19 and 1 that year when everybody was giving us their best shot trying to get us back was phenomenal i was really proud of those kids unfortunately we turned around and lost the first game of the sectional by one or two points to, to a team we'd beaten during the regular season pretty easily and uh but uh i always said the regular season that year you know that was just about as just about as good a team as getting as much as you know reaching their potential as much as about any team I ever had. You know, during the four-year run with uh, Damon, did you have a problem? Did you have people just knocking your door down to try and schedule you guys for a game? Well, yes, we <laughs> we actually had some teams that had dropped us the previous few years and wanting they wanted to play again. <laughs> and, <laughs> And well, I know one school dropped us. I won't mention the school. We'd played in Bedford, had played that school for years and years, and then Bedford North Lawrence had played them for years and years. And they dropped us, really no reason. 
So, uh, and then uh, they had built a new gym, a new school, and they were having a holiday tournament, and they wondered it was it would have been Damon's senior year if we had come down and played <laughs> in their tournament. <laughs> and, they, of course, they called the AD. They didn't call me. And <laughs> he came and asked me if I wanted to do it, and I said, no, I don't believe so. I said, these are the same people that didn't want to play us. Now they want to, you know, they want to sell out their gym. And I said, I, I want to go with the people that uh, they were willing to play us during all those times. So. But that happened a few times. Yes, yes, they did. And we had chances to go. Of course, I guess, you know, in the state of Indiana, you can only travel so far to play. But we had invites to play in South Carolina and holiday tournaments and, and, and you know, different places. And I guess some high school teams do that quite a bit anymore. But we stayed with our schedule here locally. And, uh, and we scheduled a few, you know, some teams and played up at the Hinkle Fieldhouse a time or two and played over at Holman Center in Terre Haute a time or two. And, uh, Got to play in a lot of nice gyms and against some people, some really good teams, but we stayed in Indiana and played. Uh, Coach, you were still coaching, of course, uh, once they made the switch to uh, class basketball, correct? No, actually, I quit coaching in 93. Okay. And they made the switch in 97. What, what, what? I, I what? still followed it closely, you know, and right. I still do, but, but, uh, I don't follow it quite as closely since they went to class basketball. I, I, Prior to 1997 through 97, I could probably tell you every state championship team, but now I can't probably can tell you who won it last year because there's so many of them now that win. So, so what do you think it'll ever go? In, do you think they can fix it again? Will it ever go back to the way it would be, or is it just something that we're going to have to live with? Well, I personally think they'll never change it. They might drop, they might make it three classes instead of four, but I don't think they'll ever change it. But uh, I wish they'd go back to one class. I was against it from the beginning. But uh, a lot of schools that had not won many sectionals have won some sectionals now. But uh, I, I just think you, know, you got one vote per school, and there's uh, many, you know, more smaller schools than there are larger schools. And see, I came from a small school myself right. at Olytic. Right. But I always look forward to the challenge of playing bigger, better people. But I think society in general. That's not the way it is anymore. It, you know, you know, if you're going to play by class size and school size, you know, you got 4A schools. For instance, Bedford North Lawrence is one of the smaller 4A schools in the state, and they're pl- having to compete against schools that have twice as many students as they do. You know, maybe Bedford North Lawrence has 15, 1,600 students, and a lot of the schools in Indianapolis area and some of the bigger schools that are over 3,000 students. So if you're going by that standard, you know, there's a, there's a bigger gap there than there is probably between Bedford North Lawrence and a Class A school. Right. So, you know, I guess there's no good way to do it. And, but I think it's entrenched now. I don't think you're ever going to get a change. Where Do you remember where you were and what your feelings were when you got the phone call about being inducted into the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame? Yeah, I was here at the house when uh, – the local sports editor called and he told me and I I thought he was playing a joke on me to be honest <laughs> with you because he, he was kind of, he's kind of a prankster anyway and I said oh I said what's I said I said be serious I said what do you need of course I'd quit I'd been out of coaching several years by then and he said no he said I want you to know that this is this is he said I'm not joking he said this is the truth and and I was surprised and and, and very humbled and honored because I didn't you know, that didn't even cross my mind that that ever happened to me. 
do you do anything with the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame, or do you uh, do you still stay in contact with your former players? Do you guys get together? Do you do anything for the Hall of Fame? Well, I, you know, play in some golf tournaments and things of that nature, and uh, and go up once in a while to see uh, see Chris and some of them. I always enjoy going up there and visiting with them and so forth. But then, now the former players, I see, you know, several of them on a regular basis just running into them here in town. It's a small community, and many of them still live in this area. Now, I don't see them a lot, but I see them or, or speak with them now, and then I spoke with Damon just last week, in fact. So, uh, yeah, I see them once in a while, not as often as I'd like, but probably more often than they'd like to see me. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I see them like, on occasions anyway and uh, keep in contact with them. And always thought a lot of them. They've all done pretty well, and uh, I'm proud of all of them. Um, what are your thoughts on AAU ball and, and the, bas- the high school basketball game today? AAU ball, I have mixed feelings. Uh, if you get with the right program and the right coach, it can do you a world of good. Uh, if you get with the wrong bunch, it can really hurt you, in my opinion. So do you think that uh, Coach Red Taylor did a, a, a great job with uh, Damon? Oh, I think Red's done a great job every year. You know, he's always had some good kids, and he always made the kids play hard and play the right way. And uh, I think he did a great job with them. I, I ran into Red at the Hall of Fame uh, banquet this past, uh, past spring, first time I'd seen him in years. Fantastic guy. Great guy. Yeah, he, he did a great job with them. But, but uh, I, I have mixed feelings on the AAU. And uh, the one thing that – you know, the college coaches really have more contact now with the AAE coaches than they do the high school coaches because that's their open period. It's the summertime where they can actually visit and see the players and so forth. And it seems to me like that's backwards. You know, it seems to me like, uh, you know, you ought to deal with the high school coaches more than the AAU coaches. That's my own personal feeling. But uh, that's kind of the way it is because I'm sure they're busy at their own teams during the, the winter time. And uh, but it seems like they make most of their contacts and things through the AAU programs rather than the high school teams. Coach, do you still wear your uh, state championship ring today, or is it uh, up in a trophy room? I've never worn it. Really? I've never. It, it's in a safety deposit box. <laughs> <laughs> I don't wear jewelry. I don't like it. it kind of, I don't even wear a wedding ring. I've been married 47, 43, 44 years. And, I just can't wear anything on my, you know, jewelry of any kind, and they're all locked up. But uh, occasionally when I'm in there getting something else, I'll get it out and look at it. But uh, I'm glad I've got it. Don't get me wrong. But uh, I I just have never worn it. Coach, last question, and it's not a big question, but did you have any opportunity to go anywhere else and and coach in uh, Indiana at any other high schools and you turned them down? Well, I had a couple of opportunities to, and and you had an opportunity or two to go as an assistant coach to a college. I'm not right. going to mention any schools, but uh, during the time I had the opportunity to go as an assistant coach at college, of course, high school coaches were making more assistant coaches in college at that time. Right. So, and I wasn't in. I didn't really want to move. And, you know, this was our home area, and our my parents were still living, or my mother was still living at the time, and and uh, my wife's parents were still living at the time, and they were here local and we you know we just didn't really want to move and then i had a chance a couple of times to go to some different schools at high school level and, and had a couple of really good job offers and uh thought about it a little bit but uh you know i just didn't i just couldn't move 
family didn't want to move and, and I didn't either and uh and really by the time when I quit in ninety three it was time to move on or qu- retire from coaching and I chose to retire. So you know, you, you stay one place long enough, sooner or later, you know, people get tired of you a little bit and, and you get tired of certain things and and uh I'd kinda reached that point in ninety three. I was still young, forty one years old and uh but it got to the point where it was either time to move on or uh, get out of it. And uh, so I decided, well, I've I've run on empty anyway, so I I just decided I'd get out and maybe take a year or two off and then see how I felt, and I kind of enjoyed it. You know, I had a life, and and I kind of decided, well, I'm just not going to get back in it anymore. So, And and I don't regret the decision. Sometimes I wonder what might have panned out if I'd if I'd taken one of those jobs, but uh, we were happy. We were able, to, you know, stay here local and, uh, and and take care of our parents when they got sick, and 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 so I, I'm not at all unhappy with the decision I made. What's Coach Dan Bush doing retirement? <laughs> well, you know, somebody asked me that the other day, and uh, I really can't tell you what I do, but the days go quick. <laughs> I need to sit down and write down everything I do so I can, you know, when somebody asks me that question, I can tell them. I play golf a time or two a week. I play at it. I don't think you call what I do playing golf, but I play at it. And uh, and then we go, we got four grandkids, and they play ball, and we go around and watch them play, and then my wife babysits a couple of the smaller ones, and we stay busy. You know, my wife taught school for 37 years. I taught for 38, and we retired the same year, and we've never been bored. I have been joined by Coach Dan Bush, Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame member, state championship uh, Indiana Basketball High School coach. Coach, thanks so much for uh, helping us keep the nostalgia alive on the uh, Keeping the Nostalgia Alive Indiana Basketball Memory Show. I appreciate it, and so will everybody else. Well, Billy, thank you for having me. Thank you, Coach.